So the big question is this. How do entrepreneurial salespeople like us, who have traditionally sold alone and used gut and intuition to hit their number, take their innate talents and begin selling using science, technology, and the secrets of thousands who have done it before to crush their quota and change the world? That is the question, and this podcast provides the answers. Welcome, everybody, to the Sales Secrets Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to improve the sales process with reporting and analytics. It's a great topic. It's very important. I'm excited to jump into it. Our guest today is uh, Justin Jarris. He actually joins us from Informatica. He's a principal sales operations analyst, had a lot of cool roles in his history. Justin, thanks so much for joining. How the heck are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing really well. Yeah, this, this will be good, man. I appreciate it. The podcast is always fun, and I think you're going to bring a nice flavor to it. Can you take just a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do over there at Informatica, maybe a little bit of the history there? Yeah, so at Informatica, I'm in charge of the reconciliation between uh, our two Salesforce orgs, and then I also am in charge of uh, helping design standardized data sets that the team can use. Um, to do their analysis on and then also find other ways to improve processes, um, either through tracking different pieces, um, how we can do that more efficiently to, to ultimately drive sales. I love it. I love it. And you've been there a couple of years and previous to um, Informatica, what were you doing? I was at a company called Dude Solutions. Nice. And I started out there as a, as a sales applications engineer and then uh, crossed over into sales operations. Um, my background is actually uh, database management and, and on the more technical side, hmm. um, but I definitely have a passion for data and, and making data accessible uh, and unlocking the information that I hold. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, then we, we're cut from the same same cloth. I'm a wannabe a data guy. I have to force myself, but I know it's important, so I do it. Um, I want to get into the talk track, but I always like to ask, outside of work, um, any fun, embarrassing moments, uh, exciting things, any fun hobbies? Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely a bit of an adrenaline junkie. So <laughs> I uh, I jumped off the stratosphere in Las Vegas. Jumped off the stratosphere. Now, I actually have a video of that. I should play that, except for um, it's not as cool just with the audio. I mean, don't get me wrong. The audio would be okay, but yeah. the video is uh, is not going to be. Uh, when was this? Was this very long ago or was it pretty recent? It was roughly about three years ago. Interesting. And how high was it? So how high is it, stratosphere? It's over 800 feet tall. 800 feet. It's a, what is it? It's a bungee or is it, um, it's, it's, it's a vertical decelerator is what they call it. Um, but basically you do pretty much free fall for about almost half of it. Yeah. And then you start feeling it, you start feeling resistance as you, you descend further. Um, it's, I think it was roughly like 17 seconds top to bottom. So it was uh, <laughs> pretty fast. Definitely a wild ride. Interesting. And what's your next big, you mentioned adrenaline. Is there something next? You're going to go jump off, uh, I don't know what what do they jump off these days? The kids around. <laughs> uh, the next one's an airplane. <laughs> jump oh, out of, an airplane. of course, so yeah, awesome. I have not done. That. I just had somebody on my team do it, and good for you. I don't know if I could do that, but I guess if you like adrenaline, you like adrenaline. Well, let's get over into the talk track. Um, this idea of data. Why the passion around the data? Was there? Do you just kind of always been doing this? You get started in data analytics, or what? Why the passion? 
Well, for me, I mean, data in and of itself, I mean, there's so much you can glean from it. Mm -hmm. And with having the right items tracked, you can do so much more. I mean, if you look at um, what you can do with artificial intelligence and and going to that level, um, you really um, marry technology Hmm. with with the human condition and being able to really um, guide yourself based off of what's happened before. Right. Um, the, The way I kind of equate it is, we all take these the the information of our past and the, those kind of color our experiences moving forward. Hmm. The same kind of is true in the technical world with data. So basically, you use the data to create the information and, and drive data. Uh, hopefully, data driven decisions. Interesting. I mean, and that's kind of just been your background. I think a lot of people get. Um, they get stuck on this idea of wanting to go so fast, but I liked, we talked a little bit about this idea of, you know, crawl, walk, run. How do you take that uh, a concept of crawl, walk, run and bring it into the world of numbers and data and KPIs? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times people want to start where they already have the artificial intelligence, but <laughs> I mean, to get artificial intelligence and to get that predictive reporting, you have to be good at the very first step. Right. You have to be good at the analytics 1.0 before you can go to 2.0, so forth and so on. And so it's really going back to basics and making sure you have your basics down before going to that next level. Um, and then from there, it's it's also, you know, when you do want to track something new, it's capturing that data in such a way that it's useful. It's mm. reportable. You can you can actually actually measure what you want and get what you want out of it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, you're right. Um, garbage in, garbage out. And sometimes you got to nail the basics. A lot of people go to this concept, and I don't know if there is a right or wrong answer. Maybe you have a framework or just some guidance on, as you think about sales yeah. or marketing orgs, how do you think about what to measure? Is it the, do you go with the behaviors? Do you go with the numbers, the funnels? Do you do with a little bit of everything? Or how do you, how do you do that or coach people to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, out of, out of the gate, whenever you're, you're trying to, to measure a process, you want to pick three to five, hmm. I mean, I hate using buzzwords, but KPIs. <laughs> and, and those KPIs, everybody's in KPI to death, in my opinion. Um, it's ultimately what are the three to five must have pieces of reporting that you need that would tell you whether or not you're being successful in this process or not, right? or where you could improve. Mm. Um, from there, it's then looking at, okay, what are the supporting measures and information that I need to be able to discern whether or not I'm doing well mm. in those different, you know, key areas. Interesting. And so for instance, you know, if, if you're looking at, um, Revenue and, and what, you know, everybody always has that, that, you know, uplift over each, over each year and the, and what you're supposed to hit for your quota. Um, so, you know, for instance, if you want to increase your attach rate, hmm. you would look at, well, who are my top performers doing that behavior? Who are attaching multiple products? Right. Who's really doing that? And then having a conversation with them right. and really getting beyond that. Okay. We want to do X, but what, are my top performers who are already doing it doing to make other people successful. And mm-hmm. so in that way, if you capture what success looks like through the data, you can then have those conversations to help better the team. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's, that's an interesting way I think to start kind of breaking that down, seeing if you can't start right there and then go to step two. Do you feel like just thinking about our own organization and I feel like we understand 
I mean, we, we have our strengths and weaknesses like everybody, and I wish we drank more of our own Kool-Aid. And we do in some instances, but there's definitely room for improvement. I feel like some of the things that um, I struggle with is we've got the numbers, but I struggle getting the insights, right? Um, you know, numbers are everywhere, and I'm like, God, what, what do they actually mean? How do I start to pull the insights out of that and try to figure mm-hmm. out what is good and where what yeah. is this telling me? I mean, any ideas about discovering and then executing or actioning that data so that it is, it's valuable to you. Yeah. So you, you bring up a very interesting point. So a lot, and then, and, and these days, I mean, analytics and reporting is everywhere. You have measures for every kind of piece and it gets to a point where it's actually more noise than, than being effective. And it's mm-hmm. kind of the uh, paralysis by analysis right? where you have too much information to, to really, be effective. Mm-hmm. And even when you think about the choices um, you make on a day-to-day basis, when you have two, three, four choices versus having 10 choices, it's easier to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So it's really trying to focus on what actually has a correlation to where you're going. Um, and if, if it doesn't make sense, take it out. If, right. it, if, it, if you find that you need it moving forward, then bring it back in and start playing a little bit with what, what that is, but it keeps going back to, to keep it based, you know, back to the basics and not trying to get overly elaborate because a lot, sometimes you can go too far into that Mm. and to making it more convoluted than what it really should be. Yeah. That's so the problem with data, right? There's so much of it that you, you can sometimes end up in a worse place because there's just more confusion, et cetera. Um, Going not quite back, but I mean, some of the things that you feel like, um, Maybe people miss uh, as they think about, and you could go actual specific examples on numbers or just thinking about the the problems that people run into when they're trying to report. What, what, what is it? I mean, you've been in ops and in this analytical role for a while. What are people yeah. missing when they are trying to make it work successfully? Yeah. So so. <laughs> People try a lot of times. People try to make data more functional than reportable. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, is take for instance a notes field. Yeah. So you know a comments field where you're saying all this information that hmm. happened, but at the end of the day, when you go to report on it and build any kind of metrics off of it, there really isn't a solid way to do that hmm. to really pull out you know those keywords that really matter. Right. And so. Anytime you can use things like a drop down over a yeah. notes field is infinitely better. Right. Infinitely better because then you can track it, then you can control it, then you can report on it. Right. Don't get me wrong with, you know, natural linguistics programming and things like that with uh, machine learning. Yes, it can kind of break some of that down, but we're not to the level where we can really break down everything hmm. and pull all of that out and have keywords out of it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, you get a little complicated in the way that you're actually structuring it. More drop-downs, the yeah. text fields get a little bit difficult. Do you feel like people um, – so that's maybe one area that they either miss or go wrong on. I wanted to push you to see if there's other things. Where where else do you feel like people go wrong on getting reporting and analytics right? So a lot of it is really about – validating the the data in and of itself. I mean, mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, one, you have the information capture that you want, but mm-hmm. also are your sales reps, are your, your marketers, are they entering the, in the information? Yeah. So if you're trying to track, um, 
for instance, you know, how, you know, how often are my reps reaching out and you're using Salesforce and they're not logging their activities. Yeah. Well, you don't know how often they're reaching out, which is typically a leading indicator on how, how healthy is the deal. Hmm. Um, and, and it's definitely, you know, needed for, uh, for instance, like inside sales playbooks, that yeah. kind of information is absolutely that needed because then they can predict based off that activity, how to go forward. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's getting people to use the system to begin with. So your yeah. CRM is, is absolutely important. Um, because if you don't have the data, it, it, you won't ever be able to get reporting right. You won't be able to get your, you know, your analytics 2.0, 3.0 and, and really get that program going. So it's yeah. really about making, uh, having the conversation of if, if it isn't in the CRM, it doesn't, it didn't happen. And, and that's a powerful statement right there because at the end of the day, your sales reps are there not only to sell, but you know, they have a base salary. They, you know, on top of that commission, that's really there to, to support the, the activities you need. And, and even today, you're seeing that data is being considered more and more as an asset mm, yeah. more than it is, is, is just a system that, that's for tracking. That's right. Data. Yeah. Data, the new currency somebody tweeted and I was like, I love it. Um, do you yeah. mention two things in that sure. uh, I wanted to just click on? One is on this idea of leading and lagging indicators and the other is on adoption. Um, I think obviously more people are, are understanding and they've, they at least get the idea of lagging indicators. What's your thought process on thinking about leading indicators? Any good examples you have or ways companies should be thinking through that part of the process? Well, I mean, leading indicators, I mean, they're going to be – Almost different for each each vertical, and in what you're selling, it's going to be a little bit tailored to you know each process. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, what you track is going to going to change what those leading indicators are. Typically, a you know a lot of communication is going to be a great leading indicator. Um, you, even you know progression wise, how long is it staying in each of those stages, depending on how you have them set up. Yeah. All of that is is going to affect what your leading indicators are. Yeah. Um, so it really is, is, is what matters. It's about finding what matters and what really is that leading indicator. And that's where that data scientists can come in to really help you out. find what those leading indicators oh, are. Don't yeah. just, don't just guess on it. Use some data to find out what, what you should be focusing on. Absolutely. Cause you pull that lever and it actually drives the outcome you want. The, the second question yeah. was this on adoption and you brought it up a little bit. Um, you know, getting people to put stuff in CRM as an example it just seems to be a big problem in the, in the sales space. And I know you probably sounds like you focus a little more on the reporting and analytics side, but is there a way you've used numbers or data to get reps to adopt different technologies? Again, that could be inside reps or filled reps or, or, you know, just the company in general. How do you drive more adoption? Yeah. Can you use data to help that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's about showing even reps insights into their own pipeline. Yeah. So you can use this information to really turn it around and say, Hey, these are, you know, back to, to the propensity to buy. I mean, these are your, your, you're likely mm-hmm. to close. These are not likely. Um, these are the ones that, you know, you need to really get back on board with because right. you're, you haven't contacted them in the X amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's there to, to help put them in control of their business. And, and the reporting that's used even even at your you know executive and high level, if you start breaking it down and giving similar kind of reporting to your right, reps, right. Um, that's really going to empower them. And, and the interesting thing is, I mean, at the end of the day, once the lightning for Salesforce, for instance, 
um, really becomes more evolved. The, the whole end game is to be able to put metrics and analytics on top of, you know, for instance, an account and being right. able to see, okay, here's how often they buy, here's their product mix, here's um, different, all these different in- indicators about their account hmm. for whatever insights you need to go. And it's going to depend on, uh, you know, what, what is important yeah. based on the vertical you go to and yeah. all of that. But it's, it's, it's analytics. It's basically taking analytics from being this, you know, over this huge process and taking those insights and dialing it down to specific accounts um, and, and interactions that the reps are going to be taking. Oh, God, that's so true. Um, as we wrap here, Justin, we talked about a lot, kind of po- poked and prodded you on a couple of different areas. Summary or wrap-up yeah. statements as you think about leaders trying to kind of think through and figure their way around these different problems or solutions with data, what, what advice would you leave them with? Uh, the biggest thing would be just, you know, make sure you, you, to get back to basics a little bit, yeah. you know, look for, for those core competencies, really. Um, and, and are you asking the right questions? It's, hmm. it's not always about, hey, I want to do X. It's, you know, well, how, how can, what are the, the behaviors to do it? Uh, and are we exhibiting those behaviors? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Basics, 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 especially when it comes to data. You've got to get that part right before you can go on to anything else. Well, Justin, I appreciate you taking the time. Interesting perspective on data. You know, we've had decent number of salespeople, but this enablement and operations space has been super intriguing as it becomes more and more popular. It's just a strategic arm in the business. And I know each different, you know, each business is different, but we've certainly noticed it in our own, and I've been noticing it in the market, the sales enablement ops reporting analyst that just is taking on a different role. So I appreciate you taking a minute and kind of explaining your view on how it's working, some best practices you're seeing, and maybe some tips and tricks for the audience. So Justin, again, thanks so much for joining for the audience. Thank you. And remember, success is just one play away. Want more sales secrets? Go to salessecrets.io to receive copies of our latest research and best practice content to help you crush your quota.